Hey there, Literate Apers, it's David here. Due to the insanity that is scheduling around the holidays, Don and I were just unable to get together for a new episode this week. His job and parental caretaking are keeping him busy. My job is swallowing me whole while my family scoops up whatever is left. This week was just a bear. So rather than ghost you like the girl too hot for you on Tinder, we're giving you a rerun. You're going to love this episode. Whether it's the first time you're hearing it or a revisit after six years, this is back when Don and I were living three blocks from each other in Chicago where we recorded in a great but cavernous sounding Wicker Park apartment where we pre-gamed with beer and smokes. We were just getting to know each other and I, I think you can hear it. It's kind of like listening to Don and David's first date. And, and we hit it off. Over what? Ira Glass is a douche. That was our common ground. So we're, we're replaying this one because our episode last week was all about how poorly Ira and his co cohort consider the impact of their lauded radio shows on the poor suckers who get famous from speaking into their mobile microphones. All things come full circle because the universe doesn't care about anything but physics. Now, yeah, we, we could have pulled an old holiday episode, but... Frankly, guys, neither of us are feeling all that festive this year, despite me crushing it with the Hanukkah gifts and Don finally breaking out his version of an even more depressed Charlie Brown Christmas tree. So, without further ado, here for your listening enjoyment, whether you're heading to or from work, at the gym, taking a shit, murdering a homeless person, or ignoring your kids, from October 22nd, 2017... Here is the Literate Apecast, episode number one, Ira Glass is a Douche. Enjoy. So you owe Ira Glass for the book deal. Yeah, but Ira Glass owes me for This American Life. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. are tuned in to the Literate Ape Podcast, made by adults for adults using occasional adult language. Listener, stand cautioned. Here's a topical... <laughs> Here's something no one's ever said before. Facebook is for crazies. You know, this is the thing I've noticed. What a riveting idea. Yeah, well, no, I, this, this is the thing. I, 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 it was interesting because uh, at Bughouse, Joe had to make the, the argument, and he won at Bughouse, the argument that uh, Facebook is sort of a way to connect with people and understand things, and you can hear that if you go to the podcast, the Bughouse podcast. However, my thought is it's a tool, and as a tool, we become tools when we use it. Because we don't know how to use it well. I think people, because I listened to, because I wasn't at the podcast because I was in you Dallas. You were in Dallas, for, yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to both sides of that of that argument, and I agreed with both of them. However, as there's nuance to everything, the the connection, like with your friends and your family, it's all fine, as long as you're being polite and you're not in a debate, and like that's when shit gets out of hand. Yeah, because we don't know how to stop, fight. We don't, we don't know how to construct arguments. We don't know how to read past the fucking headline on the link that's above anyway. We're, and Facebook, it's not... 
I don't know if it's not Facebook's fault, but there are times I can't keep fucking track of which reply I'm replying to or which yeah, well, reply you, that they're well, replying it, to. It's trying to argue with more than one person about right. more than... It's just... And the thing about it is... And this is one of the things that Dana and I were laughing about this is that... Uh, is that I was, I was? We were talking about this at breakfast this morning, and I said, "Well, it is, it is the art of the preemptive block." She said, yeah. "What's that?" And I said, "Oh, I said the thing about it is, and it's true. About once a week, I find that Facebook just makes me fucking unhappy. It just generally just makes me depressed that all these fucking people are just saying what it's just depressing. And I think to myself, God, I just want to get rid of it. And then I realize, oh." 50% of the people that read Glittered Ape get to it through Facebook. So I can't, can't. get nope. rid of it. So what I have done is, not only do I have a block list as long as my fucking arm <laughs> um, of just people that I don't give a shit about, that I think are stupid, that I think are facetious, that like people that I think are dumbasses, whatever it is. <laughs> You know, it's, you know, they're gone. Birds of a feather, yeah. I don't want to fucking see them. I don't, you know, you are the company you keep, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I, like, the, the dude that was uh, trolling your wife. That fucking, his name I don't is know, Trent Thompson. Yeah, I don't know who this fucking guy is. I'm Check not a Facebook off. friend with him, but I preemptively blocked him. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I already know from one exchange I saw that I never want to have a conversation yeah. with this son of a bitch. And so what I get, what I don't get to do in the world, I walk out in the world, all the best I can do is ignore and walk away from some asshole. Right. But I can't block him, right? Yeah. But on Facebook, asshole, blocked. Out of my life. Before I even know you exist. Before you even know I read your shit, gone. But people will say to that, well, if you block everyone you don't agree with or you think is an asshole, you're living in an echo chamber and da-da-da-da-da. Yes and no, because in real life, let's think of this in real life, you don't hang out with people you don't fucking like. You don't talk to people you don't like. You might get into an, a disagreement or an argument or a debate or whatever the fuck you want to call it with someone you have actual respect for, but that's built up over years and years or familial relationship or whatever the fuck it is. But just some fucking clown... On Facebook, yeah. If it were the if it were a fucking bar, you'd yeah. Like, yeah, fuck you. I mean, yeah, that's this the, guy's being too loud. If I walked into the, like, if I walked into the second city and I'm walked into that bar downstairs and I stopped everybody from talking and then said something about what I believed and then everybody started yelling at me, yeah, that would be not constructive. That would be considered bullshit. That would be a stupid thing to do. Right. And it's and everybody yelling at me would be uh, there's no there's no com that is it's Facebook. Not conversation. Right. That is yep. Facebook. Yep. I go in, everybody can see my wall. I'm in the giant room of Facebook, mm -hmm. and for one brief second, I have five people's attention and I say something that might piss them off. And it does, and then they decide that I shouldn't have that idea. Right. And they want to tell me how wrong I am. They don't want to convince me. Again, nobody wants to be persuasive on Facebook. They just want to tell you you're wrong. Right. And they're right. Which isn't any different than climate deniers and anti-vaxxers. Yeah, and, and the other thing is that you'll get people that will like... They're, so if you're in the, the Second City bar and everyone's yelling at you now... Yeah. You'll get somebody who's standing next to somebody else. They're both yelling. And one person will hear what the other one yelled... You won't have heard it, no. but the person standing next to them does. So they adjust their argument to what they're yelling about, like, oh, yeah, and this, which actually had nothing to do. They're just, it, it starts to get warped. It's the fucking telephone game. Yeah, but I got to tell you, the best thing about preemptive blocking, and it is the best thing, is it does turn, it turns whole conversations on the Internet 
into a data surrealism experiment because I'm friends with some people and I have blocked others. If the people that I've blocked are a part of the conversation, I don't see what they wrote. That's crazy. So I get half a conversation <laughs> with someone I can't see. And I don't, and the best part is, I don't even know which... I've blocked so many fucking people. I don't even know which asshole it is that I've blocked. I just see them talking, are people arguing with them. And it's hysterical because I can watch someone else argue with someone that I just... Uh, they're not worth my time. So is the argument, the it's just like they're arguing against nobody? It's like, like they're just... Up, yeah, it's, it's like, like Garfield minus Garfield. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> So, in 1998, I was a counselor at a summer camp, and uh, This American Life, which at that time was, I, I don't know how far it was reaching, but it wasn't the This American Life that everybody knows. Oh, yeah, now. it was it tiny. Like it was the tiny. national, international, yeah, they putting just on live started. shows and all that shit. Um, so, I was at this camp, and I, I was a camper there, and I was a, uh, grew up there, and I was a counselor now. And Ira Glass shows up with Julie Snyder, and they're doing a recording on this show that will become Notes on Camp. Yeah. Um, and the owner of the camp, Dana Hardin, said to Ira, like, here's David Himmel. He's been at this camp for a long time. He'll talk. You hang out with him for a couple days. He'll, he'll walk it, you know, he'll, he'll have no problem talking to you. So here's me, this 19-year-old counselor, and Ira Glass, this insanely pale, geeky-looking, effeminate, Weirdo, that I don't know who the hell he is, but he's and got now he's tech. NPR's boyfriend, right? I mean, come right. on. So yeah. think about that. That's that is your example of like Bill Gates being a turd and yeah. growing up to being. I mean, I don't know if he's much more than a turd, but he's like a much more distinguished turd, right? And I don't. I, and I recognize by saying this, I'm going to upset a lot of people that you know subscribe to the Church of of Ira. Well, I'm sure that we'll all cry here. And. Uh, <laughs> So he's got this big recording equipment. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but all right. So this guy's got to talk to him. My boss says, talk to him. Okay, fine. So he spends the next four or five days, whatever it is, just following me around, recording things, asking questions, just taking it all in. I don't know what this American life is. I don't know what the sh I've never heard it. Doesn't matter. So the show gets recorded and it gets played. And I they send me these. I was living in Las Vegas at the time when the show came out. So they send me these cassette tapes and I put it in. I'm like, oh, there's the show they did. Cool. And I listen to it. And there's the first segment on the show. Act one, yeah. Act one yeah. is, I think they call it like... Did note, they call it note? Because yeah, now it's act one, act two, act three. Right, yeah, this is note number one. So this is long before they'd even got their shit together. Yeah, yeah. Wow, This I'm is some impressed. like, yeah, some punk rock so DIY yeah, type... Full NPR confession, shit, yeah. I have not listened to this episode, but uh, I will. Yeah, well, then we're done here. Yeah, that was, it was all done. Uh, so show comes out, and it's note number one, Mr. Popular. And it goes right into um, me rehearsing for the, the staff talent show. And I'm singing a song by the, the band Mr. T Experience, a song called Even Hitler Had a Girlfriend. Which to me is really funny. One, it's an, it's an amazing song. It's, it's about, you know, even Hitler had a girlfriend, so why can't I, is the, is the chorus. And uh, so I'm singing this song, which is, it's, it's a great little song, and it felt so true to me at the time. It was like, I couldn't find a girlfriend and like even Hitler had a girlfriend and, and Nixon had his puppies so there's and, a whole right. lot of like there's layers so, upon layers and this of camp was predominantly Jewish kids so this for is me, a lot of singing stuff, that to yeah. a bunch of Jewish kids is just really funny <laughs> in a Bell Brooks sort of way yeah yeah so um anyway then it goes on like I'm talking to my campers and it's just this and you listen to the show and you'll you'll, you'll get it so 
The show and goes we, on. By the way, we will link to both the Mr. T experience and to this show right. uh, in the show notes for Literary yeah. Podcast. So. And if you're not familiar with Mr. T experience, then listen you, to yeah, that you band. Live, you got it. All okay. right. So, show comes out. Fast forward any year after it, it, it runs. It runs and rerun every summer. Okay. And every summer I would get messages that say, oh my God, I just heard you on the radio. Is that you? Blah, blah, whatever. You're Mr. Thing. Popular. You're Mr. Popular. She is. Right. <laughs> In my own face. So, um, the show has been at the, on their favorite, on This American Life's favorites list since it came out, which is 19 years now. So, Holy five shit. years ago, this, this summer, I, um, which means you're 38. Yeah, I just turned 38. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for outing me. Well, you're just a pup. I know. Because well, I'm 75 years old. So. Well, not you. Know, well, I'm 51, yeah. but I have the body of a 75-year-old. The body of a 75-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sexual prowess of a 95-year-old, though. Exactly. I could Hopped just, up on Adderall and Viagra. It's just, you know, you got to beat it. Uh, I have to take a ball-peen hammer and hit my cock just, right, to, get it, just to get it to move. No more lotion and Kleenex. Yeah, just ball-peen like, hammers just and, ball and hammer plumbing wrenches. Just so I can feel something on there. Yeah, 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 exactly. So... Uh, <laughs> So five years ago, I was tapped by a, a publisher, uh, an editor for a publishing house, who had heard the episode and read a found a story that I wrote for Camping Magazine about going back to summer camp. All right. And he finds me through my website and says, would you be interested in writing a book about, about your experiences at summer camp? So you got the camp? book deal out of... So you owe Ira Glass for the book deal. Yeah, but Ira Glass owes me for This American Life. Okay, so you're claiming that This American's Life's success yeah. is due to the camp Mr. Popular. It didn't hurt it. Well, <laughs> okay. I mean, it wasn't I, solely that episode. But, but, you, know, but you were Mr. Years. Popular, yeah. And at yeah. that point, so for 14 years, All right, five so years ago. All right, 14 years, 19 minutes, whatever. Whatever. I don't do math. So 14 years, that was at the top of, of their favorites list. Okay. That says something about the show, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a very it popular show. It's people, sure. popular show. Or they and hate it because it's a bunch of rich Jewish kids... Or they hate it because it's Jewish kids. Ooh, that's a whole dark Rich thing. or not, but of course they're rich because they're, they're Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> so when I wrote the book, I, I told the editor, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to contact Ira and see if, he will, if he's willing to write just a short forward. 300 words. Like it'll, he can write it on the shitter. It won't take him long. Yeah. Um, you know, it's mentioned. The show is mentioned in the book. Like, it's this is part yeah. of this, the This American Life, and that history. would be a super good push for the fucking right? book sales. Yeah. So yeah. I contact Ira's people because at this point Ira has people. Mm -hmm. And do you remember who it was? I don't. I don't remember who it was. was. It Seth. 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 It was Lynn? a girl. Uh, it was a woman. It was when, a woman. It was a woman. Okay, they could be anybody. Um, yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, there's actually several people it could be. But anyway. So yeah. I know so Seth, that's. Yeah. They were like, yes, oh my god, we love that show. That's so great. Like they were all excited, and she gets back and she's like, Ira would love to be a part of it. Let oh, me just nice. like figure out a schedule and all this. Something like, holy shit, this is gonna happen. This is gonna be great because on the cover of the book, if it says forward by Ira Glass, that's gonna that's sell. That's gonna sell shit. for people. Oh who, yeah. You know, so weeks go by and it turns out Ira's too busy. He can't do it, and that was it. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, you don't have 20 minutes to just write when I was at the camp. Like, just write your quick memory of I don't remember David at all. There, you're, you're, you're yeah, I don't know why this book is being written. Yeah, this is that's stupid. Fine. I don't know why you idiots like this I don't have so time much. to write this. Go fuck yourself, Himmel, or whatever. I'm fine with that. Yeah, Gerbils, Misspell my name. Right. Call. Call. Yeah, yeah. yeah call David you. Himmler. Yeah, yeah. sure. And then and then uh, walk away. That's, at least it was written by I just glass. wanted the yeah. forward, forward by our glass on the cover. Yeah. So, that... That bothered me. That just that really, really bothered me. And 
I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not the generous. Sold fine. It's, it's a that? lack of generosity on his part. Yeah. Like you're, you were, we were both it young and coming much time up together. And here's make, my first book. Take that right. much time to fight. Ira, God damn you! Like I know you're busy, dude, but come on. Anyway, so the book comes out and it sells fine. Fuck you, Ira Glass. I get over it. I don't have any. I don't hold any real hard feelings. Yeah. But I hold some medium feelings. So you just did not go yeah. to your 20th high school reunion. Why I not? I did not go. Why it's, not? Well, because it's tradition. I didn't go to my 10th. Why not? Because I don't care. Are you afraid? No. What's the hang up? I don't care. I don't, like, the friends that I was friends with in high school, I'm not close with anymore. They don't go to these. It'd be not, last time I saw those friends was at a funeral. Like, and that was, okay. that was our reunion. Um, but, and I had some friends go to this this 20-year one, and I was surprised to see some of them there. Like, Jesus, you went to the fucking high school reunion? Why? But okay, to each their own, that's fine. Sure. I, I don't care. Like, for what little I do care about my the people I knew in high school, like, I get it all from Facebook. They're all doing well. They all have their kids. They're, all, you know, cool, right on. So I didn't go, and my but my friend Brooke went, um, and she posted a bunch of pictures online, and she's friends with my mom, and my mom commented, uh, you know, Brooke, you're so pretty. You've always been so pretty. Blah blah blah. And Brooke said, "Thanks, Jane." And everyone was asking, "Where's David?" And you know, why isn't David here? Yeah. And I commented, "Brooke, don't lie to my mother. That's my job." She's like, "No, they were really asking, but I don't believe for one fucking no, second." No, but see, maybe they were asking. Who the fuck would ask this, that? No, I don't. This, this, this thing, because I that things. I get it. Is that you know, you're they're, 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 you were you were probably an outlier. I don't know. I got. I mean, I was all a lot of those kids that were there. It was either them or they were friends. They ran with the crew that, yeah. you know, would that were assholes. Would that picked on me and my friends okay. that beat the shit out of me. Well, they never beat the shit out of me, but they beat the shit out of my friends. They came to my house looking to beat the shit out of me, you know. And my dad answered the door at nine o'clock on a Thursday night because he lives there too. And they're like, yeah. "Oh, oh, what?" Yeah, you know, like they're fucking assholes. They called me, you know. I walked down the hallway like, "Hey, dork!" Or I was with my friends. Oh, there goes the nerd herd. Like shit, like that. Yeah. Fucking, so like, I don't wish did, them harm. So you but, didn't have a good. Your memories of high school are mostly negative. My memories of high school are, they're fine. Like all that negative shit. Yeah. It's just a part it, of the it's thing. It's part of it. The reason I didn't go to the reunion was not because I'm holding any grudge. Because I'm not sore about anybody. Okay. It's that the most of the people that I saw were going, were associated with the bad part. Okay, got so, it. Okay. So why, why do you want to hang out with those people? Yeah, like, what are they going to say to me? What are they, yeah. you know, are, I they went, gonna, are they going to keep teasing me? I, I doubt it. I actually went to my, t I went to my 10 year. I haven't gone to any of the rest of them. And yeah. I I think, I don't even know, what the fuck, 84? Have I got, I, think, I guess 30, we have, I have had a 30. years ago? Yeah, yeah I, was, I had a 30th year, but I didn't go to that. I went to my 10 year. Um, and I don't know why I went to my 10 year, but I went to my 10 year and, uh, Part of it was, and I didn't realize it until I was there. Now, granted, this is pretty much before Facebook, so I, yeah, you know, I didn't have any kind of concept with that. But I went mainly because um, I looked good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, it's very, it's very, so. yeah, yeah. I looked pretty damn good. I wasn't fat yet. I hadn't gotten really fat at that point, so I was looking pretty, pretty good. Um, had all my hair, you know, and so I went. And what was interesting about it was that the thing, the couple things that I noticed right away was that that I didn't like 
immediately I got sucked back into the relationships that I had left 10 years before. Yeah. Like girlfriends, like this woman that I mean I was engaged to in high school and then you were engaged in high school? Yeah. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, you know. You do I, shit young. Well, I just, you know, I just get it done. Life's, yes, life, yeah. life's for fucking living, you know? That's true. Da-da-da. Whatever. And I don't even know what that's from. Oh, that's from fucking Bye Bye Birdie. There you go. Oh, my God. That's, that's terrible. That's what you should watch when you're working out. Yeah. Fuck these Nolan Fuck this. Bye Bye Birdie. Bye Bye Birdie. So, anyway... Um, like I was like Kathy, who had you know this was my girlfriend in high school that I was engaged to, and it was instantly like we suddenly were like transported back in time, and we're treating each other exactly the way we treated each other in high school. It's hard not to default to that because yeah, this it is just your goes, base. This is your base. This is how I know. So this would person. they have teased me? It would have been yeah, like, oh, Himmel, dork. Exactly. Maybe so. But what was funny to me was uh, in high school, I was sort of like uh, I was as big as the football players. My mom wouldn't let me play football because I broke my leg when I was a kid. Yeah. And playing football. So that's why I had to be in band. Which actually turned out to be fucking good because band paid for my college. Sure. So, all right, I'm, I'm down with that. But at the time, I was sort of like... I would, I don't know if I'd say I was king of the nerds, but I was I was the nerd, the debate drama guy that was big enough that if you were going to go after the other nerds, you had to go through me first. Mm -hmm. Consequently, um, my car got trashed a lot. Um, I was in a lot of fights. Um Pretty much most of my sophomore year in high school, I walked around with a, an aluminum baseball bat that I used as a cane. <laughs> but really, it was there to to. And the school let some, you do that. This is in Kansas. They don't give a shit. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. um, there were no guns, but come on. Right. Anyway, um, eventually it got taken away from me, and I had to go through counseling for my anger. Sure. Yep. For my anger issues. Yeah. But Tim Rankin was the captain of the football team, or he's the, yeah, captain of the football team. He was the fucking uh, quarterback. You know, hate each other's guts. I mean, literally hated each other. For any guts. reason, or was it just the? Oh, he trashed my car. I mean, one of the big stories. Well, it was I, just nerd and. It was nerd and jock. jock. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one yep. one of the one of the big yeah. issues was that of all things, uh, I was the only non-athlete in the history of the school to ever be nominated for homecoming king, <laughs> and. The football players, as a result of that, trashed my fucking car. Your car deserved it. No, it didn't. How dare that I had car a being a nerd? I had a self-restored 1951 Chevrolet Deluxe that was fucking candy apple red that I, you bet your ass, I bought and I restored. Don't you fuck with my know. goddamn you're car. you kind of asking for it then. With the fuck off. I, they, they, I rode that car. If you were driving that Prius you're driving was, now, they wouldn't well, have they fucked did, with it. No, no, they definitely... But my response to that was to take my another baseball bat and smash in all the windshields of almost every football player. Also a fair response. It's like, fuck off. Yeah. Anyway, so that was kind of the environment. So I get there, Rankin's not there, but everybody knows Rankin's coming. And literally, half the people there are, are just either afraid or giddy with anticipation of how this thing's going to go down, which gave me a sense of, first of all, wow... I was a way bigger deal in high school than I thought I was because I felt like I was just fucking nobody because right. that's what you are in high school, you yeah. know? But for all of these people who live in this area who are just showing up and bringing their baked beans and potluck and booze <laughs> out in the middle of fucking Tawanda, the, the fact that their big drama that they're excited about is what Tim Rankin and I are going to do and we see each other 10 years after graduating high school. He gets out of his truck and half the fucking 
they're all looking. Yeah. And he's fat as a fucking house. The guy has just <laughs> gained so much fucking weight. And so I yell across things. Oh, Rankin, I didn't realize you're going to bring your brother. Oh, fuck, that's all you, you <laughs> fat motherfucker. And everybody's aghast. And credit him, he just started laughing. Yeah. And so we came over and we hugged. And I pulled out a cigar for him, and we sat down, and we drank scotch, and we smoked cigars, and laughed our asses off. Consequently, now, he's a Facebook friend of mine, and what he does on Facebook is he fucking makes fun of me, just like he did in high school. But now I don't give a shit, so now it's just funny. Is he, does he know it's funny? Like it's like ah. Let's... Oh yeah, no, he gets it. He okay. gets he gets that basically he's, he's reverting. He's not serious about it. Well, this is the, like I mean, the way he was in high school. Well, I mean, we don't know. I yeah, guess, I don't know. But, but why? I, the reason I know he's not terribly serious about all that shit is that, or, or mean spirited about it is, uh, when I went through my second divorce, I wrote about it on my blog. Yeah. Pretty extensively because it was a really rough time. Yeah. And about a year after, uh, my divorce and I moved on from all that kind of stuff. I get this, that was when he requested to be my Facebook friend. And it was, I just went through a really, really painful divorce and I really wanted to thank you for the things that you wrote about yours because reading that stuff was really, like really helpful. It really gave me something to kind of hold on to and think about and you're, you know, the, what you went through is similar to what I went through and it really meant a lot. So I really wanted to thank you for writing it. And I don't know if you want to be Facebook friends, but and I said, sure. I mean, how do, how, do, how do you say no to that? Well, of course he got divorced because he's a fucking asshole who probably trashed his wife's car. It's very, it's very, yeah. Well, I mean, he was fat too. Yeah, and he was fat. You gotta divorce a fat guy. You can't marry a fat guy. That's just the worst thing ever. You fucking know better. Unless you're just into fatties. Right. Which some people are. <laughs> so, but here's, here's my other thing with the, with, with, with the high school thing is that I wonder, like, what these people, what these people that have kids now, like, what do they teach their kids about bullying what do they say to their kids about that like you know do they tell them i did it i was mean to these kids don't do it and maybe they were teased too because i know what i'll tell my kids is i was a dick to certain kids sometimes i feel bad about it and if i ever have the opportunity i will apologize i didn't have like one kid that i really harped yeah 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 yeah, yeah, but like i never saw anybody out in the hallway and was like hey you fucking dork yeah like i would get i never went to anybody's house threatening to beat the shit out of them or anything like that So what do these people tell their kids? They're like the like the genuine bullies in high school. Yeah. What do they tell their kids? Well, first of all, they shouldn't have kids because they were bullies. But they do have kids. But they kids do have, they have lots Facebook. of kids and they like, live in middle is, America. So. Do they think about, are, are they wondering like, where's David Himmel? Because I just had a situation at home with my kid who got bullied or got busted for bullying. And it made me think about that time that I called David Himmel. I don't think most I, people, I this thing is, I don't think, and this is one of the things I think is it, that makes writers different. And you and I are writers. And this is not sort of like some self-aggrandizement about, oh, hey, writers, it's better than everybody else. It's, but it's going to be. I do. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, is that I don't think people who don't... Writing is a process of self-reflection a lot of the time. Yeah. You have to do that. I don't think a lot of people that don't do a lot of writing are used to doing a whole lot of self-reflection. And if you don't do a lot of self-reflection, you don't have that opportunity to go, oh, I was a terrible person when I was so in high school. So they just figure, it was high school. Like, well, yeah, they, I think, I think, I think they tell their kids to stand up. You know, I, I think most of them shit, say, yeah, yeah the standards of stand up for yourself, kick that bully's ass, don't take shit from that bully, mm-hmm. without any kind of self-reflective mirror of being able to say, oh, I was that bully. Yeah. You know? They, they, 
you know, I don't. I really don't think they're that. I, and, and it's not to, to say that they're bad people. It's just that I don't think most people, just in general, I'm gonna have to go to my 30th and ask them what they teach their kids about. See, them. that's the thing. And that's you know what I, what I should I, do as a journalist? Honestly, I should do that. And put myself out. there. Honestly, what I want to do for this episode is who's the who's your bully in high school? Who is the bully that stands out? Eric Glickley. Then I want to meet. Then we're gonna look up Eric Glickley. I'm afraid gonna, he's still gonna beat the fuck we're, out of no, me. No, we can do a phone interview. We're gonna interview <laughs> Eric Glickley about what a fucking bully he was in high school, and we'll call Tim Rankin and talk to him too. We could do that. And to be fair, Eric Glickley, I don't think was at the high school reunion, but it doesn't matter. He was your big matter. fucking yeah. bully. So yeah. there's, uh, you know, that's like a fucking Bill Murray movie. It's like I'm gonna go confront my bully. God damn. You know, still kick my ass. Or a, you know, it's like they're a Patton Oswalt movie. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go confront my bully from high school, and it turns out that that person is just the sweetest. That person died five years ago. Or died five yeah, right. years ago. Whatever <laughs> it happens is, maybe, maybe then what you and I'll do is we'll go to Eric Glickley's grave. Yeah. And you can talk to the grave. You oh, can I kick would the totally grave and that. say some shit. Yeah. That would. You know, that would I need a shitload of Mexican, and then. They, well. <laughs> anyway, there you go. And that is the ape cast stories for today. I like that. That's you know just nice and simple. That and, was fun. You know, and I hope Ira Glass hears the episode. And, he hears everything. And and has some issue with it because uh, I have stories about Ira anyway. Okay, so now is the time where David and I are going to uh, give you three things we think are top three things to do this week. So if you're listening now, you need to do these three things or six things actually prior to next week that's get, get out your planner take notes yeah this is it so our our in in reverse order my number three top thing you need to do this week watch on netflix mind hunter it is a uh, david fincher uh the early days of fbi before they even had the term serial killer it's sort of like the development of that it's it's i've watched the whole thing and it's it's goddamn good i can't wait for the second season awesome and after mind hunter going on that um Make make time to watch the uh, second season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Yeah, it's coming up. That's uh, that's dropping October twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Yep. 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 Stranger Things two. If you like, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, then watch that first. Watch the first one first, and this, you, I don't think you can go. I don't from think the second back for, to the first. Well, yeah. you might be able to. You just don't understand don't a try fucking it. thing. That'd be yeah. stupid. Okay, so our number three thing. Mine was Mine Hunter. David's is Stranger Things two. My number two thing for you to do this week. All right, so my number two thing to do this week is I want you to get a hold of Naomi Klein's No Is Not Enough, Resisting Trump's Shock Politics and Winning the World We Need. Ooh. It is really excellent. I'm a big Naomi Klein uh, fan. I loved Shock Doctrine, um, No Logo. And this was a book she wrote. Uh, she usually has real in-depth uh, research, but this is more of a knee-jerk book, and it is absolutely riveting. And it, it's really not so much how like like policy things to do but it's sort of have uh, having a mind frame first of all understanding how trump won how we got ourselves into this and really how we have to change our mindset to get ourselves out of it god that might be one of the most important books of our time i'm thinking so <laughs> that's why you need to fucking read it this week all right so that's number two for so you. you're number two number two for me is i i need someone to um to take a look at at the baby registry that my wife made for us because i haven't looked at it yet so if someone can just Take a peek at that and like Cliff's notes that for me and let me know what's up so I'm I know what's going on in my life. Okay, and you can email David at david at literateape.com 
with your notes on his uh, baby registry. It'd be a big help. It, it, it takes a village. So <laughs> thank you. Excellent. And my number one thing that I want you to do today or this week, um, this is the thing I want you to do is I want you to go to the Emporium on Milwaukee Avenue, not the other one, but the one on Milwaukee Avenue. And I want you to buy a perfect stranger, a dollar in tokens and challenge them to Galaga. That's tough. That's all I want you to do. You just walk over and say, I'm going to buy here coat tokens for you. I'll give them to you, but you have to play Galaga with me. Great. To a total stranger and preferably not a hot one that you want to have sex with. Just... Can I make a demon an amendment to that? He, so it oh, yeah. cannot be somebody you want to fuck. Yeah, it's this isn't a pickup just, line. Yeah. This is just like find the person that you're not terribly attractive, but just like anybody, just randomly and just say, hey, I'm going to give you these tokens. You're going to play Galaga with me. If you end up fucking them, that's okay? That's Yeah, that's okay. the idea. That's fine if it turns into something, but that should not be your agenda. Your agenda <laughs> should be to devastate them in Galaga. <laughs> All right, so, and your number one is? My number one is... Um, when you're walking down the street at some point this week, make eye contact with a stranger and say hi. Just connect with someone. Connect with someone new. Be a part of the world. What if they punch you in the face? At least you're making eye contact. What if they throw shit at you? Eye contact. So it's all, <laughs> it's all about the eye contact. So all you want is the eye contact. That's it. It's some kind of engagement. It's like a Blade Runner thing. Contact. It's like a yeah. Blade Runner thing. Is that they, they flinch when you say, you know, hi. There's a baby crawling through sewage, and then a dog bites its face off, and they're looking for your reaction kind of thing. Maintain that eye contact. Okay, that's going to be creepy. I'll do it, and they'll see if somebody freaks out and runs away. Might make a friend. Or you might get sued for sexual harassment. Either way. Go for it. Those are our top three things we want you to do this week. This has been the ApeCast, and we certainly hope uh, that you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Literate ApeCast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, our events. Music on the ApeCast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at localmotiveband.com. <laughs>